Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Now entering Nerdist.com. Guys, let's start the Nerdist podcast. Please welcome back to the stage, Jonah Ray and Matt Myro! Well, what's up, Toucan Sam? Uh, they're great. That's not him. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. No, yeah. that's Tony the Tiger. Uh, Follow your nose. Follow your nose. <laughs> what if Tony the Tiger was like, they're great, but so are humans. And then just attack. No, he was kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. What? With that voice? <laughs> Snap, crackle, and it's all just sugar and milk. It is just reformed sugar. How many different ways can you? Let's uh, let's have some uh, frosty sugar dicks. Like it doesn't matter what yeah, shape yeah. they're in. Yeah. By the way, sugar sh- things. All right, sounds good. I get angry when sugar I see sugar matter. I get angry when I go down the cereal aisle. I try not to because it just gets me. I was just like, I want them all. Now, are you are, are you are you like a weirdo in the store where they're just like people are pulling their children away because you're just walking down the, the cereal aisle going, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. It's not just a cereal. It's all. It's also like when I'm like in the uh, checkout lane, and then I see like a new candy bar. I go, "No, motherfucker, come on! <laughs> what are you doing? A new Reese's? Fuck you! A <laughs> hundred grand bar in today's economy? <laughs> <laughs> That's worth nothing anymore. The hundred euro bar is better. What's my call it? What's it bad? <laughs> oh, that's a candy. That's a candy What's bar. What's it called? Abba Zabba? Wow. Abba Abba Zabba. Abba Zabba. Abba Zabba. Abba Zabba. You're my only friend. Uh, speaking of dicks on things, if you if you were down in the green room, someone or several people have literally drawn dicks on every band poster 
Deanna are, couldn't be you. happier. Deanna oh, yeah. went downstairs. Uh, my Jonas, girlfriend, Jonas Deanna's girlfriend had a dick a day she website. Yeah, a dick a day dot Tumblr dot com. She loves drawing dicks. And then she went down and she was like, oh, what glorious place is this? <laughs> what do mine eyes deceive me? <laughs> I dick on every band member from Menomina. Oh, thank you very much. This is my tea. Yeah, but there's like one band down there with four dudes and they all have different dicks. Yeah, yeah. Like one guy's got a really long dick that's down by his leg. Another guy's holding a dick and he still has another dick. Did you see the so guy with just In a someone... perfect world, they'd all be sharing a dick? Yeah. I don't if know. They, if they want to be tight. Um, <laughs> and there was the guy that would just dicks on every finger of this guy's hand. Oh, yeah. Dicks yeah, yeah. are sprouting off dicks. Yeah, yeah. Cat, there's a poster of Cat Power where she's singing into a dick, and then but she then has a vagina on her face yeah, at yeah. the same time. That's some Cat Power. And then it says power. like it says like Var, and then pe- they've drawn tits on all the dudes. Oh. So it says like Var Titty Theater Cafe Days are tits. That was one of my favorite ones. Was like someone wrote down like, listen, I know it's easier to draw dicks on people, but can we get some boobs up in here? <laughs> <laughs> someone, some genuine guy, guy like yeah, seriously. Yeah. Come guys. on, guys. I know. I get it. It's hilarious. We all know. Somebody, I think, I, I, we're, we're pretty sure that one of the artists came back and tried to fix it. because one. Did you guy, just say artists? Yeah. No, not, not dick artists. I mean, like, the performers. Oh, oh. Like, the musicians. Because one guy, one guy had, uh, he, was, he just had this really cool look, really cool pose. And someone drew, like, you'd see, like, the, the, the balls in one ear and then the dick coming out the other. Oh, like a... In one ear, yeah. Like the arrow through the head, yeah, but with yeah, dick and yeah. balls. But yeah, but uh, the, old, the old Steve Martin dick through the ears. Yeah. And, uh, the old Steve Martin dick through the ears. <laughs> and so someone had written like, yeah, this guy, you know, like he sure loves dicks in his ears. And then someone else looked like they were trying to cover up, cover up for it, and they just wrote, and pussy too. Like he was trying to. Yeah. <laughs> he likes pussy in his ears too, guys. You know how you just put it through your ears. Um, I John Hodgman was here last night, by the way. He was. And when I was in, a, we did a show together at South by Southwest uh, a few months back or a couple, month ago. And uh, so, like, it was I was like two those, weeks ago. It was two weeks. I fucking can't keep track anymore. I think I'm it was a hollowed uh, out person, man. It was either a year ago or a, a yesterday. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. remember. Somewhere within that 365. Um, <laughs> but uh, some guy just like, some guy was like, "What are you, hipster John Hodgman?" <laughs> And I was like, to I was you like, or to, yeah, to me? Oh, why would they say that? I don't, I don't know because I have the same mustache and glasses, and I'm just a bit unshaven. No, I don't. <laughs> but that doesn't. I, I still don't. I don't see the. I don't see the John Hodgman. Because I'm not menu. smart, Chris. What? <laughs> Thank you for saying what I was afraid. There was to. the elephant in the room besides you, Jonah. Whoa, besides me. Because you made fun of me. I had you to know, retaliate. The truth, the truth of the matter is. Everyone is stupid next to John Hodgman, who is the smartest person in the world. That's true. Who, by the way. Left me a quote-unquote time capsule. I uh, we had a uh, we had a pre-show burrito tweet up right down the street, and the Varsity Theater was kind enough to say, "Do you want us to bring the time capsule that John Hodgman left you?" And I said, "Please." And so I get this bag, and it was basically a time capsule of stuff that was at the show last night. So it was a bag that had the cheese plate and veggie tray from the green room in it. Uh, somebody's sock. I think Kevin Murphy left a flower in there and then just a bunch of other trash that they That's hit his awesome. from the room. And that was my time capsule. So thank you, John Hodgman. There thank you is. for my time capsule. Yeah. Uh, 
By the way, Minneapolis, home of D- Duluth, I think, actually, instead. Home of Maria Bamford. Yes. Is also from Duluth. Yeah. Bamfoo! Bamfoo! Minnesota, in general, has a lot to offer. It's a good town. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota is a good town. <laughs> Minnesota. The town of Minnesota. <laughs> well, that's what's so great about the state of Minnesota. It just feels like one big town. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Just hanging out. Drive a few miles one way. It won't be so much of a... <laughs> Just pick a direction. I love the habit trail culture. I really do. I love the idea that you never have to leave a building. It just occurred to me that if you gave me a map and said, point to where you are right now, I'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Why? I'd go, I think it's near Wisconsin. Listen, it's not your fault. It's just my poor education from Lowell. Where's yeah, Lowell? so uh, the United States of America, here's Massachusetts, and uh, the rest of these queer states are one big queer state. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> and the rest. You got Massachusetts, you got those fucking retards in New York, <laughs> then those queers in L.A. Yeah. That's yeah. America. I like that the guy still, <laughs> still acknowledges Los Angeles. They, well, they did. They're all queers. Queer. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I don't know why I'm about to admit this, but let's. Uh, recently, I was playing Skyrim, as I am wont to do, and I was on the enchanting table, and I created some <laughs> fireproof armor, which I named Queer Ama. Q U E E U H A H M U H. Queer Ama. I don't know why. <laughs> why did you do that? I don't know, because it was three in the morning and I was fucking enchanting armor instead of sleeping. <laughs> and so in my head, I was like, Why well, are you so tired, Chris? Oh, sorry, I was up all night enchanting this armor. I'm sorry. So sorry. how's the surgery work? <laughs> how's the surgery work? <laughs> I was talking to somebody last night. Uh, I was talking about when they were giving birth and how they had the epidural. And... Uh, and I was saying, oh, my God, I had an epidural, too, when I had surgery, and I felt it scrape my fucking <laughs> spine. So you're talking? No, no, no. And then I was, and I, and I, the thought occurred to me that someone had to fucking think about that. If we jab an eight-inch needle into somebody's spine, it will numb them. Who fucking tried it first? The Nazis. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Jonah, come on. Hey, you got to give it up to the advancement. No, you don't have to give them anything. <laughs> No, don't you not up top that. I'll own it, but not that much. I won't high five own that. But that's like fucking. No, I mean, I don't have now. to admit that. I don't yeah. have, I know but like I also like the, the fact that you were having a conversation about getting up a girl with a lady who had a baby. <laughs> Who else am I going to talk about it with? <laughs> I don't know. What did you have an epidural for? When I had uh, when I the had bulging disc. Stomach surgery. No. No. The bulging dick. Oh, yep. we had. That's right. You did not have surgery for the bulging. How was your back, by the way? Great. Oh, good. Apparently, all I had to do was <laughs> lose weight. Oh, good. Huh. Turns out that's not good for your spine. Wait, so when you're carrying more weight, <laughs> it, it puts pressure on your spine? I don't know science, Chris. <laughs> it's almost like science were somewhere on a map that you couldn't point to. Somewhere like, around I think Minneapolis, I Minnesota. Think science is near Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Science Alabama. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Oh, that is not, does not exist. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Hey, where's science? Really taking it to the south. They earned it. <laughs> I'll I tell was... you who my favorite scientist was, a little scientist by the name of Jesus H. Christ. Oh. I, 
Who I, could manipulate molecules to make water into wine but Jesus HPHD? I was in the... Uh, <laughs> I was in Disney World once, and I heard this little kid there. You know how you go around the train of the Magic Kingdom, and you see the dinosaur times and whatever? Yeah. This little kid asked his dad. He said, Daddy, there were cavemen around when the dinosaurs were there, right? And he had a southern accent, and I was getting ready to punch the dad if he gave the wrong information. I like you were already ready to punch was, the dad. My fist clenched. That's prejudice personified. But it was okay, because he said, no. That's just a fake story. Oh. And I was like, science lives! Yeah. And then he said, invented by the Jews. You're like, what are you saying? Fist went back. Fist yeah. went back. Because Jeez. a lot of Jewish uh, gentlemen are scientists, son. <laughs> Fist went down. Fist went down. <laughs> uh, then I just jerked off. It was weird. <laughs> That's how you end any story if you don't know where it's going. We've talked about this in the podcast before. If you don't know where a story is going, yep. you just go, and then I jerked off. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't matter what you were talking about. People are like, what? Yeah. And I knew that was the last time I would ever see my sister. And then I and jerked, then, off. Then I jerked yeah. off. I'm sorry. I don't know how to dismount. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how to. You got to stick the landing. <laughs> oh. Jesus H. Jones. Um, Jesus, I don't know that guy. Jesus Jones reference? I, said, I made a Jesus Jones reference. Oh, man. Right here, right <laughs> now. What to the world? Did you guys like my Minneapolis, Minnesota playlist? There was, one, there was one song that was from a band that's not from Minneapolis. Can anyone name it? That dog, that dog with the song... Thank you. First, I was like... What are you doing, Jonah? Breaking the fucking formula, but you brought it right back around. I really did. Yeah. That makes me want to listen to Jonah Radio, coming to the Nerdist Podcast Network. No time in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jonah. like the next Pee Wee movie. We're all waiting. Every time I go to Melt to Nerd Melt, where the, like, some of our offices are, I just see like a bigger and bigger stack of CDs, and then, and then just Jonah's just almost in tears like, I don't have time. <laughs> so, there's so many... So I don't know what was wrong with me. I was like, I like records and CDs. Um, and then like, I just, I'm like, I don't have time to fucking put something into something and listen to it. And it's going to be the very thing that takes you down. You should nice just try, find asshole. <laughs> nice try. Oh. All Jonah wanted was That's to get free music. Yeah. <laughs> Little did he know the shitty music would drive him insane. <laughs> insane. Some um, of the worst music I've received. Not to diss any people that are uh, listeners. But, but you've, you've got a lot of good stuff, too. Yeah, tons of good stuff. But I bet I think people assume not everything you get is going to be amazing. Yeah, you know? some of it's not my thing. Okay. Meaning it's horrible. <laughs> the, it's best like, part is, the best part is the megalomania that comes with being in a band is like anyone who's like, he's not talking about my band. This <laughs> is not my band, man. It's never, no. Yeah. Um, we have a guest. We do. Uh, an amazing guest. An amazing guest. <laughs> this is a really... Let me... This is a really... Pull out a guest. Pull his chair out. Yeah, that's the first clue. And I feel like it's a guess that no no one is going to expect. I'm really excited about it. Are you guys you guys ready? Jesus Jones. No, it's not Jesus uh, Jones. Right here. <laughs> He's not right here so or right now. Him. Yeah, Dave Perner. Oh, remember that. Let's just bring the guest out. Oh, okay. <laughs> ready, ladies and gentlemen from Saturday Night Live, Tim Meadows. <laughs> Hey! 
Chow. Timmy Meadows. Thank you. Wow. This is an amazing story. I, Tim drugged his dinner last night, and Tim woke up in a hotel room in Minneapolis today. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we had fun last night. <laughs> well, you don't remember. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, we, this, is, this, is the, this is probably my favorite way a guest has ever been booked on the podcast. Uh, I was on the plane to Minneapolis this morning, and two rows in front, Tim gets on. And I was like, Tim, you're going to Minneapolis? And he was like, yeah. And I go, want to be a guest on the podcast? And then... That was it. We just had, we were on the same. Then Tim point. was like, "What's a yeah. podcast?" <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, Chris, are you sure it wasn't Tim? He's like, "Hey, thanks for thanks, thanks for, for watching. watching. Thanks for thanks watching. watching. <laughs> Want to be on a podcast?" No, I'm I don't Chris. Think so. No, Hardwick. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, what? No, I was very excited to come and do a podcast. <laughs> it was very. Yeah, I was like, when, you know, you always want to do a podcast. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're always ready. Yes, I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you why did you come to Minneapolis? Uh, I was performing on Wits, which is yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the PBS station here they have this show, as you guys already know. So yeah, I came to do that. Um, you know Paul F. Tompkins very well. Yeah, so he sort of wrangled me into doing it. Oh, cool. Um, he sent me an email and was like, "You got to do this show. They're really fun, and they'll give you a free trip towards Chicago." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, that, he, my he, map he, is coming together. Okay. Yeah, wait a minute. So, so he threw he threw the A list name in there to try to get you to. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, then he sold it as a free airplane ride. You know, so <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I live in Chicago. You know, most of the time. So I was like, oh yeah, I could get from L.A. to Chicago, stop in you know St. Paul, sort of work a little bit, and then uh, go see my kids, and I'll be on the dime of. You know, American citizens. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> how was uh, how was that? So I imagine um, PBS probably a lot of pussy jokes, right? right yes. Off the top. Yeah. You can't swear at all. No, you can't say pussy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the P stand for then? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> that's that's the other broadcasting system. Oh. <laughs> that would be what it would be called if I owned the radio station. <laughs> but anyways. I love that uh, I've been seeing you out a lot doing stand-up, which is not something that you had done before. Yes. Really. So what made you decide to start doing stand-up? Um, money, one. <laughs> Two. <laughs> the old Dave Foley room. <laughs> <laughs> the old Dave Foley route. Yeah. <laughs> How did your yeah. divorce go? <laughs> we, yeah, we have similar stories. Divorced and gambling debts. You can't go back to your home. You can't go back yeah. to Canada either. No, I can, yeah, I can go back to Detroit, though. That's the big difference. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you could do to get kicked out of Detroit. It's no. literally impossible. They're happy to have you back. You just got to talk shit about RoboCop. They go, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, but no, so yeah, I, I decided like, I just, it was something I had already been sort of doing with stand up a little bit. And, uh, I was doing this like improvisational show with two other guys from second city and we were touring, doing colleges. And then I just, I was like, I think I can expand the part of the show where I'm telling jokes and talking about myself. So as you know, I, you know, started hitting more open mics in LA. Yes, I've been all over L.A. And, and to the so, Meltdown on every yeah. Wednesday at uh, Meltdown Comics. Yeah. UCB, yeah. And UCB. 
And so it's been fun. It's been a lot. It's, you know, I learned it's, writing is, a, you know, it's, it takes a lot, you know, to come up with comedy material. Oh, Tim, wake up, Tim, Tim, Tim. Is it harder to, uh, is it harder to go sketch and improv and then stand or do you feel like that the, the improv training and the sketch structure kind of helps you craft bits better? It does. It helps you craft bits and it's sort of, you sort of like learn about where, you know, the jokes and, and things that you sort of, sort of naturally know. But... When I found now that when I do improv, I had actually stopped doing like long form improv because I come out ready to say something funny mm-hmm. instead of just coming out and try to make the scene happen or whatever. Right. So I'll come out immediately with a dick joke, <laughs> you know, even if it's not appropriate, you know. We wouldn't know what that's about at all. No, you wouldn't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have any occupation? Window washers. We sure have to clean these dicks off. All right, yeah. cut. Tim, again. Now, I heard you guys talking about the posters backstage, which is great. <laughs> it was, yeah. It's a weird, like, you're, they're hidden everywhere. Like, yeah. you just, their dicks are in everything. There was a really interesting one that Deanna found that's her favorite one, where it's, it's like a misshapen dick going into a crow's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I, even a couple times, she's like, did anyone see the <laughs> misshapen dick in the crow's mouth? Uh, it's good Wait, that, she that was misshapen? Was misshapen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like yours, honey, at all. It's, yeah. it's crooked and shaped like an S. <laughs> Did you just convince her that big dicks are misshapen? I just, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you yeah. don't want those. So- <laughs> <laughs> I turn on porn constantly and go, gross, look at these deformed assholes. <laughs> I mean, come on. And Making those deformed so assholes. <laughs> you wouldn't want those. You wouldn't want those. <laughs> Were you? I feel sorry for the people that that posters belong to because they left these posters here thinking, "I'm gonna always be remembered at that club." <laughs> yeah. Only to come back, only to come back and find out that they're like you know sucking dick. <laughs> I don't remember doing that when we did this photo shoot. Was there yeah. a? How They'll they all s- remember <laughs> Blues Traveler fondly, just putting it up. How did they know our career would end up like this? <laughs> There's John Popper playing the Dick Monica. <laughs> Dick Monica? <laughs> you didn't well, try. That's your what is a Dick, a Dick, Mo- that's a Dick your Monica sounds like a pan flute. <laughs> Sounds like a like a name of a basketball coach, like in Dick Monica. Monica. Yeah. Dick, Dick Monica. <laughs> Dick Monica's triangle Monica. offense is fantastic. And there's another violent outburst on the top of Dick Monica. Dick Monica's teams are never playing D. That's the problem. Uh, what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, oh, Dick Monica's losing it. Dick Monica's getting inside it. <laughs> Dick Monica taking it to the can. <laughs> oh, if Dick only Monica we... rejected. <laughs> Wait, now he's like... playing? <laughs> now Dick Monica's playing? He got rejected? <laughs> don't, don't bring in real sports things into this. Uh... You know, the premise was he was a coach. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you play. He tried something. He said uh, he's traveling. And then, uh, I don't know. One nope. of the kids got hurt. He was yeah. like, Dick Mata's got to go. I mean, Dick Mata. Dick, uh, <laughs> oh. oh, man. One time I had Dick Mata where just dicks went through my hands. 
<laughs> and then they bled yeah, right the tip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I heard uh, I heard Dick Monica's coaching at Notre Dame now. Come on. Uh, uh, wait, I don't get that. I don't. Wasn't that the school? Penn State. Where that, no, Penn State. Penn State. Uh, see, I don't know anything about yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Just remember, just wait, remember wait, Penn, penis. How do you not know the biggest sports story in fucking? I know what five happened. Years. I just don't know what school it was. But my favorite thing about that joke is that <laughs> I was so way off, but people still went, ooh. Yeah, I don't know why you're not supposed to say that, but well, that's no, not th- right. It's just the way you say things. Sometimes jokes can be like that. It's kind of like the time I did the herba herba dubba. I'm really getting into it. <laughs> it's like the time I blah, 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 blah. And then I fucked those kids. Um, but uh, <laughs> Then there's the excitement one. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me bring it back to Tim Meadows for one second here. <laughs> okay, I like That's that. That's a good idea. Uh, I wanted to say to you, Tim, that you are responsible. When I was a uh, like in seventh grade, uh, and I, I would don't watch, age it, don't age up, it like that. Shut up. The point is, I would watch SNL every night, and when you were fucking, when you were OJ, mm. <laughs> no, when he was AC Collins. <laughs> Okay. Did every black person <laughs> <Yeah. was laughs> <a> trial? <laughs> when you were That's every black one, person it was always in the, in the news. same sketch. Yeah. It was hard no, to but do. the the sketch that that I remember the most that cracked me up and still makes me laugh is when you had the shovel in your hand with money attached to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he is <laughs> answering questions from the press. Yeah. <laughs> and he just out of the side of his mouth. <laughs> he goes. Uh, it was like he. he Oh, so he goes, he says the N-word yeah, yeah. in order to get people... And he people... goes, uh, OJ, what about all the money that's attached yeah. to that shovel right there? And he, go, he would go, nigga. Somebody <laughs> said... <laughs> Somebody just called me a nigga. And then you say... <laughs> I remember it exactly, because you say that, then you go, who said that? Uh, Why has it always got to be about race? Uh, <laughs> you, uh, also, you as uh, Ike Turner... Um, <laughs> On with with Kevin Nealon during Weekend Update, like it's like uh, the, when you would say uh, when you would like do something bad to Kevin and you go, I'm sorry, Kevin Nealon. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> that became if any of my friends like we actually ended up hurting each other's feelings, it was just like it's like, well, you're a big asshole. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> so it became just part of our fucking speech. Yeah. Uh. Well, Kevin, I, you know, was a very nice guy to to let me like, you know. I threw shit on him. Cake? Cakes. Entire and, like, cake. Yeah, he was great, but like he said that that became a catchphrase for him, like when people would say his name <laughs> to him. They would go, hey, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> and he was like, oh, they're seeing it like Ike Turner now. Oh, great. Do you it's have- on his stand special. Everybody, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> Do you have the record for were you were you the cast member who was on the most seasons? I yeah I was for a minute and then uh, for a minute and then um, Daryl Hammond actually went for twelve seasons. Oh wow! Ah, wow. oh, so, Yeah, I went for ten. My therapist was like, "That's crazy. You got to get out of this." <laughs> and uh, and so I can only imagine how nuts Daryl must be. Well, we read the book. And <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you wrote yeah. a book, so, so you so, know how nuts you yes, be. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you need to be that crazy to be able to go that long. Yeah. Well, I was in fucking insane. Really? <laughs> how did you? How did you? You know, like, how did your perspective change in the tens? First of all, how, what was your? I always, I would always love to hear what the audition processes were like. What was your audition? Uh, I didn't audition. I actually, um, I was at Second City in Chicago, and so Lauren came. Lauren Michaels came and saw us perform, and I was in a cast with Chris Farley. And then uh, other producers and writers kept coming back over a year. And then I finally went out and met with Lorne. 
And it was basically just like, you know, a meeting in his office. And then I left to go back to Chicago. And nobody, this is one of the funny things about SNL, is like no one will tell you that you're hired. <laughs> and so you just keep waiting around for somebody. And so it's like small suggestions that you actually are, you know, you've gotten a job. So they'll go, so we want to make sure you got your ticket for New York because uh, you're going to be flying here in a couple of weeks. Uh, don't forget you need an apartment while you're here. <laughs> and you're like, but what about the uh, job? Yeah, exactly. Like, also, how do don't I forget pay for to bring uh, 12 impressions and yeah. uh, a bunch of characters. Yeah, bring some wigs and also <laughs> some spear, spear, spearmint gum. What was, what was your uh, era of Second City? Uh, it was like you said Farley. And, yeah. Uh, it was Odenkirk. Odenkirk was in my cast. And... Um, Tom Giannis was our director. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tom. Uh, like, other people that were around the theater during that time, they came along after me were, like, Tina Fey, Amy Sedaris, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, Steve Carell. Jesus Christ. Matt Dwyer. Yeah, Matt, uh, yeah, Matt Dwyer. Yeah. <laughs> he was there, actually. That's funny that you say that. <laughs> Matt Dwyer is great. Great. Um, <laughs> he is great. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> Matt Dwyer. <laughs> but those were the people that were sort of after me after I left. I mean, there was a bunch of other people too, but those are the people immediately. Bunch what, of losers. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're trained, if you're if, if you have hardcore Second City training and you're in the main company in Second City, is, is SNL just like nah? It's just like the shows we used to do, or or was it was it? A, did you feel anything different making stuff work for television? Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference was that like you didn't like you know doing a show like this. You're sort of playing out for everybody. And then when you get to SNL, you slowly learn that you have to play for that one, you know, camera. Mm -hmm. And that everybody is at home. And we used to joke around and we used to call it, um, I guess because Marlon Brando used to call it the trees. Like he would say cameras are trees. He would pretend that they're not real. So you... Um, oh, God. <laughs> so, he doesn't, so he wouldn't get like, he, wouldn't pre he would pretend that he's not acting. You know what I mean? Right. So he, would so he was acting to not act. Yes. And so instead of cameras, he would pretend that there was just trees around the set. What's all these trees growing inside the yes. building? What are these trees what? doing inside the Godfather's office? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Oh, he's walking toward the camera again. Mar Marlon, there's not squirrels in these. These are cameras. squirrels inside these trees. <laughs> no, is that... Again, they're cameras. Yeah. I wish you that. I want to see that as a sketch now. Marlon Brando thinking cameras Talking are trees. trees. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to, do you, Marlon Brando? Do you like going to uh, out, out to the country? No, they got all those cameras outside. <laughs> no, no. Now you're just switching them. Now you're just reversing them. It's just a weird blip yeah. in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you Marlon, know, the, you went in too deep. The rainforests are beautiful. All the cameras have the dew on them. <laughs> we really we gotta, gotta, we gotta stop chopping down all these cameras. <laughs> I like to, you know, I, I know my great-great-grandparents. I go very far back in my family camera. No, again, you're just mixing camera and tree. Right. You're barking up the wrong camera? What, uh, what, was there, were there characters that you had always, like, that you took with you from Second City that you were like, you know, like your A-list stuff that you just couldn't make work on television or did everything translate pretty well? No, it didn't translate. Nothing translated. <laughs> Nothing that I did translated. In the first, literally the first four or five years, I mean, the first year was literally me learning how to write for television. Yeah. Because I, like, I, I didn't know that like a lower third, I didn't know what it was, you right. know? I didn't know what a Chiron was. And so I, I had to like study and sort of figure out like what, what am I, you know, what am I writing? And then it got a little bit easier but 
even with like the ladies man, which was like the character that sort of, you know, was like the breakout character yeah. for me. Thank you. Thank you. But that, even that character was something that I was hiding from the show because I used it to make crank phone calls, <laughs> you know? Um, and I actually, I would call the show. I would call people on the show, like secretaries or, you know, women that worked on the show and go, yeah, listen, Tim Meadows is going to be late today. I'm his cab driver. He, uh, he was drinking in the back, you know? And, but I didn't want anybody to know that that was me. Um, so I hid that character from the show for a couple years, and then finally, um, I did a crank phone call one summer that was very elaborate, that it involved uh, uh, David Schwimmer yep. from uh, Friends. <laughs> I worked on this fucking thing for like six months, and then finally it paid off, and I got to talk to him on a on a radio show. Uh, wait, wait, what is this? What is this plan? What happened? I knew that he was going to be on a radio show in Chicago, and so I got to know the DJ. <laughs> oh, my God. God. This is like the Ocean's fans. Eleven yeah, it was of like, prank phone calls. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing, you know? <laughs> and so finally, uh, he was on, and I called in, and the story was, what happened was, I said, yeah, listen, David, um, I'm just a fan, you know? I like the, what, your work on Friends and everything. <laughs> Um, but I just thought of you hosted Saturday Night Live last week. What was that like? And so he goes, well, it wasn't that fun. You know, the people on the show didn't really, you know, take writing suggestions from, you know, from, the, from me or from, I guess you don't really do that with the host. And I was like, well, listen, David, you know, maybe the writers are a little bit, you know, uh, they got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they're, they're writers. And they're, you know, I started making up excuses for, like, why we didn't really like them. So. And then, uh, and then, you know, so we did the phone call, and it kept going, and I, you know, whatever. And then the, later that year, uh, in the fall, I told uh, Andrew Steele and Dennis McNicholas about the phone call, and, and they were like, we got to fucking do that character Wait a minute, so show. you did this elaborate thing, and you just kept it to yourself? Yes, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you at least record it? I didn't record it. The only person that really got to enjoy the Leon in the early stages was my ex ex-wife. Because <laughs> I'd go, oh, all right, baby, I'm going to call. Let's order pizza. You know? <laughs> and she'd go, okay, I'm going to go get on the other line. She's so happy. <laughs> um, and so I, like, I really, like, it was this thing that it was like this little chestnut of, like, private jokes and private comedy that I had for myself and for her. And uh, I, I just tried to keep it private, and then I actually had to give it up, you know, so it was good. Do you think that's where the best comedy stuff comes from? You know, I, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I kind of felt like, you know, and everybody even said this to me, like, man, you get so lost in that character. And it's just because I had been doing it for so long without anybody knowing, so I felt completely comfortable doing it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you've been doing it in the world for years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, first of all, I'm surprised that David Schwimmer was so open about, like, yeah, they were, they don't, was he, a, I mean, you don't have to dish too much dirt or la dirty laundry, but was he It's kind okay, of he has no power. Right. <laughs> was he yeah. kind of a pain in the ass to work no, with? No, I mean, that was the thing that I was surprised about, because he was actually a nice guy to work with, like, oh. during the week, and everybody was like, oh, he's a great, you know, he's a nice guy. And so I was surprised uh, for him to say that on the radio. And, and the thing that surprised me even more was because I had worked so hard 
to get that interview, like to get that call in and stuff. <laughs> and I, was, I was hoping that he was going to go, yeah, yeah, oh, I was hoping, I'm doing it. <laughs> he turns the character back at you. <laughs> Fuck you, David Schwimmer. No, but I was hoping David Schwimmer would go, yes, Tim Meadows was very nice on the show, and uh, the other people in the cast uh, were great. But the worst one was Tim Meadows. Would you have broken character and be like, it's Tim Meadows, motherfucker! <laughs> Yes, I would have done that, definitely. <laughs> the, other, the other character I used to do that used to crack me up was the guy that hosted the public access show Perspectives. <laughs> and he would just give yeah. the fucking time all the time. Yeah, that was actually Al Franken's idea. Al Franken, the senator. Se- oh, oh, Senator, senator Al Franken. Of- yes. Senator Al Franken came up with that idea. Yeah. Oh, Senator Franken used to do comedy? Yes, he used to be funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, he's great. He actually is. He's a really, I love Al. Um, but, you know, he came up with that idea, and I think that he had saw one of those, you know, African-American shows that come on, like, at 3 in the morning on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> and he, the thing that made me laugh about it when he pitched the idea to me, he said, first thing we're going to have is the logo of the American flag, and then the announcer is going to say, that concludes our broadcast portion for today. <laughs> but before we do that, here's perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said that, I fucking laughed my ass off. And I was like, I'm in, you know. And so, yeah, and the joke of it um, was that this guy has an hour show, <laughs> but he can only really feel 15 minutes of it. <laughs> and so... The thing that he does to stretch time is that he'll remind the audience what time it is. And so he'll do an interview, and then he'll be like, so that's great that you, uh, you, uh, you, you, made, you created that march and uh, raised all that money for kids. Well, it's 4.15 in the a.m., and you'll watch your perspectives. And then he will repeat everything that the person just said. And we're talking with John Johnson, and he's going to be having a program where he raises money for kids. Well, it's 4.30 in the a.m., and uh, so tell me about those kids that you're going to be helping. It's 4.57. That was basically it, yeah. Oh, fuck. Thank you. Would you, when you, what's your approach to sketch? Do you, do you... Do you like having the character first, or would you like having the idea of like, well, it's a guy, and he doesn't have enough time to fill, and then build the character around that? I kind of like having the idea more. I mean, it it sort of works, it can work either way. Like, literally, you know, like, um, I had an idea for Herman Cain, Hmm? um, and I did it for for Funny or Die. die, And so I called those guys, and I said, "What, what about if Herman Cain, like, had a sexual harassment video when he was working at pizza, uh, at uh, Godfather's Pizza. Like, what, you know, how would that have played itself out? And so, you know, my, I had never done Herman Cain, but the idea itself sort of lent the Im- impression, you know what I mean? It yeah. sort of helped the impression. So it, it was, like, very easy once we, you know, wrote it up and got it produced, like, to actually go into Herman Cain, you know? <laughs> Because he just became so defensive about everything. <laughs> like, especially after he was accused of like having you know, affairs and stuff. He'd be like, okay, well, look. <laughs> Maybe I slept with her. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, but who hasn't slept with somebody other than their wife? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And so the thing that would make me laugh about him was like how he would like, he just would deflect anything off of himself and to other people and... and so that was like the basis of that, how to do that in character or that impression or whatever. Do you like the, is it, is it kind of cool to know that, I mean, in a way, 
you kind of don't need SNL because you have outlets like Funny or Die or, or other, you know, like if you have a sketch idea, you actually can go get it made and still be, be out in the world and mm-hmm. relevant. Yeah, but I think, I don't know, but nobody watches it, though. <laughs> yeah, they do. You know, I mean, I mean it, it depends. Like, it depends on, on where they, I mean, like, the Funny or Die video, people watched it. It got yeah. a lot of hits and stuff. But I would not lessen the value of SNL, even though I'm a veteran of the show. It is, like, one of those shows that, like, it happens live every week, and it, it captures, like, what people are talking about during the week and stuff. So I don't, I don't know if, like, you know... I don't know, it's just, I don't know, as an actor and as a writer and stuff, it's just, it feels better, and it feels good, I should say, to, like, when you write something on Tuesday and then everybody sees it on Saturday. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, I would have to say, I don't know, I kind of would rather do SNL than do, like, videos. What, what was your, what was your, what was your kind of golden period at SNL, like, where you really felt like the whole, like, which cast, which grouping of people did you feel like, uh, you know, like, this were where everyone's on top of their game. Right. This is so much fun. Like, we genuinely enjoy doing the show all the time. Well, I think the cast... Because uh, I was there for a couple of transitions, and I think... but the, And I, I personally felt better and more confident as an actor later on. So I would say during the, the cast with Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry mm-hmm. and that Chris was, You were, the, like, one of the only people that... Like, yeah, they had... kept... Like, me and Norm MacDonald and uh, David Spade were there for a couple of years. But then I, I was there for a couple more years after those guys... But I felt like I, you know, I felt like I was like really at ease and everything. So even like the, I did this thing called Dr. Poop in this one character <laughs> sketch oh, yeah. for Will Ferrell. And I mean, the thing was at the time, like we were just so, everybody was just so at ease with doing it. Nobody was nervous about doing the show. So you could like take chances and stuff. And there was a sketch where Will played a doctor who was telling Chris Parnell and Molly Shannon, yeah, they're great. Um, telling them that there was something wrong with their baby. And so, and he says, in one point in the sketch, he goes, I'm going to have a professional Dr. Poop come in and talk to you (laughs) about your baby. But the thing was, Molly and Chris didn't know that I was coming into the sketch. (laughs) How did they not know that? Oh, they break? Yeah. Yeah, Adam McKay came to me between dress and air, and he goes, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who couldn't do the sketch, couldn't play the doctor, he said, Adam goes, look, Freddie can't do it because he got another sketch after that. So just go into this sketch, read whatever we have on the cue cards, turn around, and walk out. <laughs> and I swear to God, literally, that was my direction. And I go, I go, do you, well, let me see the lines. Because it was between, and he goes, no, you don't, need the, you don't need the lines. Just read what's on the card. This is Adam McKay, you know. And so I go, okay, yeah, fuck, I don't care. You know? <laughs> and so I did. I walked in, and... Um, I looked at the cue cards, and at first I looked at Molly and Chris, and they were looking at me like, where the fuck is Freddie Prince Jr.? <laughs> and then I just did the lines, which were something like, uh, you know, we medically, we can't do anything for your kid, but I can do the robot. And, and then I started doing the robot. <laughs> is that something that, like, Lauren would get upset over? I don't, I don't even think he... I don't even think he cared, like, at that point. I think he was just like, you know, it's the, you know the show's almost over or whatever. <laughs> but no, I went in, I did that, I did the robot, and I said, the other line was, I go, uh, that'll be $5,000. Yes, yes, yes. And then I walk out of the room, and then I just, I just left. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I looked up on the monitor, because it was silence. 
And then I see, they got the camera on Will, and he's got tears <laughs> yes. down his yes. eyes. And then they cut to Chris and Molly, and they're looking at each other like, <laughs> what the? And That's Bad Doctor number one. That's on Will Ferrell's Best Of DVD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it was one of my favorite moments in the show, so definitely. So fucking funny. Was there anything, you know, I, I, I have this dream every six months that I'm on SNL and we're live, and no one has told me what the sketch is. Yeah. And I'm just—I have no idea. What is it? Was there anything that was ever close to that as a reality, where you were just in the middle of something? And you're like, I don't know, and yeah. just shitting yourself inside. <laughs> <laughs> there. I mean, definitely, you have like, <laughs> you have those like recurring dreams. Definitely, like where like uh, you know, you just can't make it to the studio, you know. But the one time I remember being really, like, going, oh, my God, this is fucking insane, was we were doing a sketch, and, the, you know, we have cue cards. And the guy holding the cue cards, he's pointing at them. He's, like, you know, they sort of keep you in line of, like, you're, like, here. And all of a sudden, I watch, I'm watching him, and the cue cards begin to slowly fall out of his hand. Oh, shit. And I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I just start looking at him, and then he picks them up, and then he like gets them back in order, and then he just starts pointing at lines again, <laughs> and I just go, "Yeah, Chevy, you know, trucks are great." Whatever the line was, I just said it. I just said whatever it was, and but luckily he picked them up and put them back in order, oh. and so it didn't really. And it was a dress rehearsal, so it wasn't like that much of a like, oh, okay. you know, big, you know. But yeah, and but one time uh, we were doing a show, and that's the last one I'll leave it. But we were doing a show, and the guy holding the cue cards was a new dude, and he was kind of muscular, and so he'd hold the cards like if you're me, and the car, he'd have the cards facing this way so you can read. But his shoulder was huge, <laughs> <laughs> and so the first word of every sentence you would have to think of what it was. <laughs> Go. The man is coming down the street. No, you know. oh man, oh man. Oh man, I mean, oh man is coming. I'm sorry, Rocky, you're just too big to be a cue card holder. What? Huh. What? And then and literally Sandler, Adam Sandler, during that show, he was like having trouble reading, and he goes, I don't know, this guy's fucking shoulder. Move your fucking shoulder out of the way. <laughs> it was your dress, but it was... Move we your like, shoulder out of the way. Get your shoulder out of the way. And, and Adam literally was like, I, 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 I can't do this. Get your fucking shoulder out of the way. It was great. <laughs> Damn. Was, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into stuff, but I am curious about right. Farley and, like, what the, what, the, what the experience was like with Chris. And... Um, well, it was great. I mean, uh, Farley is and was my best friend. Like, you know, I, I knew him before we started doing it, you know. Um, and we would have moments, too. Like, uh, I remember after the first year, we were both on the show after the big party, and we were, like, leaving to go home. And, like, it was just me and him at the elevators. And, and he goes, Meadows, can you fucking believe this? Like, we work at Saturday Night Live. Oh, and I go, I know, man. This is unbelievable. And it was like a dream that like, we both had as kids, you know? Uh, so that, that's one of the moments I'll always, like, that was very special with him. But he was just like one of the funniest dudes you'd ever would want to meet. And, and like just funny naturally, but also funny like for fans and stuff that would come up and meet him. He wouldn't be happy until he made you laugh, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and that was like, I'm not like that. 
I could give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like, I love fans. I love people to love my work and stuff. But like, if you're going to wait for me to make you laugh when you meet me, it's going to be a long fucking day. <laughs> you know? But Chris really cared about what people thought of him. You know, yeah. he really did. Yeah. I, uh, I, I remember like right before he passed away, I remember seeing him on Politically Incorrect. And I think it might have been, it, it, was, it was pretty close to before and just kind of seeing him being like, oh, shit, he's, like, he, he just, like, he just didn't look well. Yeah. You know, was, yeah. did, did anyone have any sense of that? Or? Yeah, I mean, everybody did. But it's sort of like if you know anybody with huge problems, then it's like, one, they try to hide everything from you. And then the second thing is, like, you, don't, you can't really fix somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can only offer help. You can... You know, after a certain point, and I told him, I was like, look, I love you, man, but, like, I can't contribute to that part of your life, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I had to, you know, change a lot. And it changed our relationship, too. What was the question? I'm sort of forgetting. No, no, that, that was no, that was it. It was just, yeah. just kind of the idea of, like, you know, did people, was it, did it seem like, ah, uh, this is not going in a good direction? Yeah, but like I said, yeah, I was saying, like, is nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You can only... Talk to them, help them, you know. I mean, you know, you hope that they do it within themselves, you know. Well, that's the key. You can't force someone. You, you literally can't. They have to want to do it to, yeah. to, to some degree. Otherwise, it just won't There's stick. There's nothing worse than a junkie with money. Yeah. A junkie with money will get his fucking drugs. Yeah. Because he will fly. If you stop, if he lives in New York and you say, all right, I'm not going to let you get any dr- He will get on an airplane and go to L.A., you know, because right. he's got money. He can do it. It doesn't matter. Right. You know? I uh, thought that would go over better. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I think just the, the punchline needs a bit more work. Really? Yeah. Junkie with money? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think if we hadn't just been talking about a tragic story, you might have been able to make that work. Yeah. Man, I can't believe I didn't kill right after the Farley thing. Right. Well, I just... Uh, I Actually, a little space. <laughs> on, on, a, on a note, just uh, going off into um, the uh, Dewey Cox movie, um, I want to know if uh, oh, your pronunciation <laughs> of cocaine, which is cocaine, was that you or was that McKay or what was that? No, that was um, that was John C. Riley. That was it. That yeah. was his idea. Yeah. Yeah. You don't cocaine. want none of this cocaine, do we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could not keep a straight face during those scenes with him, man. I love I love him so much. He's fucking great. Yeah, he seems yeah. to be. He's an animal. Uh, so that, is no, that the, it? Can I go? No, you have to stay. Um, okay. We're at the halfway point. Are you uh, kidding? No, me? no, no. I'm kidding. Are you I'm kidding? kidding? <laughs> That was what I was thinking. <laughs> poor Tim. No, poor Tim. We, I mean, because we were on the same flight at 8 a.m. this morning, which meant I had to get up at 5.30 because I got picked up at 6. I got up at 3.30. What the fuck and yeah. why? Why would you get up at 3.30? I'm very anal, and I have to, my apartment has to be clean. I can't leave my apartment without it being clean. Really? So I have to wash dishes. I have to throw out garbage. I have to make, do my laundry, fold everything, put everything away. Um, I got issues, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. And so the sad thing is that I know that I have to get up at 3.30 in order to do all that shit. You're a slave to your obsession, basically. I, yes. like it's, it, it's, I'm, a, I'm a slave to my obsession of having to make sure that uh, you know, my bed's made, my computer files are all in the right folders before I can leave. Like if I, if I, I, am, I am so... It's like I have this weird indentured servitude to... My de- the desktop of my computer has stuff all over it, and I need to put them in folders, and this has to go in the Dropbox, and this has to go Even in this. Even on your home computer? Yes! Jesus! Yes, because... You're it, nuts! I can't help it. It just, it just feels... 
Like, if I see a messy desktop, and it's funny, like, I have... I like there would, be, there would be, like, shit all over your apartment, and you're just, like, you're like, ah, the computer's desktop! Seriously! Uh, I'm not kidding! Uh, my office has... My office has tons of just, like, boxes that have not been unpacked yet, and just shit that I haven't dealt with, but my, my desktop on my, on my computer? Spick. Pristine. Spick. So, you're, so yeah. you're like a digital hoarder. Yes, I am yeah. a digital... Well, but I'm also obsessive about, like, I'm, I'm, a, neat, I'm a neatnik, I guess. Yeah. I'm a neatnik with my, my computer files. Yeah, me too. Yeah, man. I'm, a, I'm totally a digital hoarder. Like, I know I don't need all those Amazon confirmation emails, but I fucking keep them. <laughs> hey, Gmail keeps on giving you the free space. Why not? I'm like, I don't know if I can get rid of this. Yeah. This toothpaste I ordered in 2005 was very good to me. I share a memory with it. It was the last time I saw my dad. You buy toothpaste on Amazon? Fuck yeah, Amazon Prime, son. It's a very special part of the show right now. What is happening? I think we should let them do it. Uh, Uh Oh. I like how whenever we have a guest out here, they're so fucking confused. Uh, Question, it's a comment, it's a comment. It's a comment. <laughs> it's a question. It's a comment. It's a comment. But with a special twist, Doug Benson is still here! <laughs> Doug Benson edition of Quemens. <laughs> Doug! <laughs> you think... <laughs> Doug! <laughs> you all right? We'll sit you in this chair. No, he'll stand. That was. Oh my God, I forgot I was on this show. Chris did too. <laughs> I was backstage going, oh, that's, that's where Tim Mer- Meadows' characters came from. <laughs> Doug Benson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is. Uh, I, because, because I know that you're friends with marijuana, I laugh at things. That I, do, that I attribute to Doug was high. Like when you texted me earlier and you asked me about the show tonight, you wrote, what time you gumna get there? <laughs> and it just made me yeah, laugh. Yeah, what part of that doesn't make sense? <laughs> uh, what time you get there, gumna? <laughs> what time you get there, gumna? You get there, I get there. <laughs> We're all gumna have fun now because it's time for Quemens. Um... Let's, uh, okay, 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 you, and uh, this little boy right here, and that person holding up the folder, and this gentleman standing up to the side, and this guy in the Jonah you're Ray just, You're issue making all shirt. of this up. These aren't even real people. Yes. No one has a question. Right, no, we have six comments. We oh, have here six we go. comments. Here we We're go. Here take we go. Six. One, two, three, four, five. And then one, two, three, four, five. The and back, then, and then you. the people in the back that are like All right, well, seven. This waving vehemently. I guess he figured well, no one would notice. If you're waving your arms, walk up. Don't be a weirdo. You're not no, no, don't walk. Okay, guy waving his arms in the back, and then that's it. In the very back. Okay, great. Okay, good. Here we, here we have our quemments. Um, and we're all out of time. Thanks, for everyone, for walking up. <laughs> Just wanted to see if we could line you up. Okay, madam, please, come forward. What is your question? There's, and there's a microphone right over there, Chris. First, my name is Holly. Hey, Holly. Um, so I grew up in rural Minnesota, and... Well, thank you for being here. I, uh, no, I'm kidding. What's your... Uh, here, I just want to get you this other microphone. There you go. And I, uh, I'm accustomed to people not really knowing the things that I'm into, because there's nobody in rural Minnesota that knows nerd things. Sure. So um, I've kind of carried that over. I've lived in Fargo for five years, but I've still kind of carried it over there. Is I this your Wikipedia page? No, no, no. It's important. It's important. Okay. 
so I was talking to a classmate the other day, and he mentioned that he was going to be coming here tonight. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's someone else who knows the thing that I know. Yeah. And I, I'm still shocked by that. So I'm wondering, you're kind of on the cutting edge of all the new things. Yeah, and stuff. I'm just you- right, <laughs> fucking riding the wave. Just riding what the wave of the cool and the new. We have to tell him what things are coming out. <laughs> I'm just my, riding a Myra wave. My question is, do you still Jonah. get that feeling that, oh my God, someone else knows this thing that I know. Do you still get that feeling or do you know enough people who share your interest that it's kind of irrelevant now? Um, I, you know, I still, even though, I, even though it's a given, like, well, these people are probably going to know that thing, it's still, when someone acknowledges a thing that you, that's very close to you, I think it's just a weird sort of biological thing that we have. Like, a, maybe it's a tribal thing of like, ah, you friend, you not murder. Uh, then I think, I, think that's, I think that's just what that is. But yeah, I absolutely still get that. Or if someone, it's not even like, if someone notices something in a thing, oh, did you see in the background where that thing was going on? Like, then I, I totally have those moments too. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right, yeah, well, thank you very much. Very nice to meet you. Or we like, are all human. Or like, Chris, like, don't, uh, isn't it a crazy feeling whenever you murder a small child? <laughs> Like, you're like, other people do this, but we have a secret. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have something in common. <laughs> and then we sing the song, Cause we get something in common. Uh, what's your name, Inquement? My name is Eric. I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming here tonight. It was amazing you're welcome, listening Eric. to both No, shows. fuck you. Thank you for coming here tonight. Yeah! I had fun at the Tweet Up at the Burrito Loco. It was awesome. I actually do have a question for Matt. Uh, as everybody Oh, can... no questions for Matt. I'm sorry. Next. <laughs> Thank well, you, Doug. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Too Matt's bad, Mr. Benson. Any questions I'm going right to ask now. it anyway. Oh. This game's called Press Secretary. We see how long we can deflect you from Matt. <laughs> you could it's, ask Matt's attorney it's a question. really good question. <laughs> okay, me. what is your question really for Matt good. Myra? As everybody can see, I'm kind of a fat guy. So uh, for Matt, we... I get uh, these a lot. Don't worry, guys. We... we <laughs> We both have been What's going up, through a weight guy? loss program. Cheetos! <laughs> and I just wanted to ask, uh, I know you said in an earlier podcast you've lost like 100 pounds in the past year. Congratulations, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Thank you. Anyways, I was wondering, during that time, did you ever have any situations where you felt you hit a wall in your weight loss? You weren't uh, losing any weight? Yes. And I what did you do to get wall, past that? I hit that wall uh, two months ago. And I'm still at that wall. What was the wall made out of? Me too. Wall was made out of fucking cake, Jonah. <laughs> it's your favorite kind of bread. Uh, so. Hey. <laughs> goddamn. So. Jonah's no, no, no. Uh, honest to God, yeah. So I goddamn hit the wall. Goddamn wall. <laughs> I hit the wall. I hit the wall. Then I hit the diet harder than I was doing. I was sort of. I got lackadaisical about it. Then I hit it harder. Then I dropped another like 10, 12 pounds. And then I just decided, and everyone says it's a terrible idea, I'm doing a 60-day juice cleanse. Don't do it. For 60 days. That sounds All of your booze are just what Greta does at home. So thank you. It's just more motivation to do it. When When you drop those 10 to 12 pounds, admit it, you just put the bowling ball back on the shelf. I... Do use a ten or twelve pound bowling ball? How did you know? I'm that? against this idea of you doing a sixty day juice cleanse, and I, it's not my. Here's business. here's the deal. Here's the deal. I could go to day three and I could go fucking crazy, and then I will stop. That's you know. I'm just gonna try it, see what happens. But at least he tried. Because I watched uh, that movie, uh, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. 
Uh, yeah, on uh, it's on People Netflix. People cheering streaming. for the fat yeah. sick are yeah. nearly dead. The I feel re- good movie of 2012. Yeah. It was. I recently actually. watched Dancer in the Dark. Yeah. But yeah, no. The but the four hour body that Tim Ferriss book worked wonders for me. I recommend that definitely. I will keep you guys posted. See if I go crazy. We'll see what happens. Well, good luck with your weight loss, and uh, hopefully you can lose a lot more. Hopefully I can lose a lot more. Hopefully we can both get past our walls. That we'll do it together, buddy. I think the real question is, really, will will you guys make out right now? Because sorry, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was was gonna say yes. Oh shit! The program, bro. I was going to fuck you. He turned really, you down, Matt. You didn't even have a chance to think about you being son gay. Of a bitch. If only you went on the juice cleanse earlier. That would I just, that would... Honest to God, I just want to lose weight on my head so my hair gets closer together. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is yeah, your name in Quemmons? It was not your intention to be more attractive to men. <laughs> let's, make, uh, <laughs> let's make that point clear. My name is uh, Steve, and I have been at both shows, and I can't think of a better way to have spent the last five hours. Or Thank you. So, you know, um, Oh, everybody. Look, everybody. It's Two Show Steve. <laughs> I noticed in your stand-up you uh, said something about frustrated writers are, are what film fr- critics are made of. I was yes. just wondering if that was pointed at someone in this direction. Oh, no. Doug's not really a film critic. Doug's a comedian. Oh, well, he does sort of a podcast thing. Yeah, I know, but it's, movies. you know. Okay. It's, anyway, it's, my... Um, my comment was really directed at uh, Tim, and just, you've worked for, for so many years in so many different kinds of comedy. Uh, if you had a favorite among them, uh, whether it would be improv or stand-up or sketch humor, whether you have a favorite genre. Uh, among those three? Or whatever else you've done, I don't know. Um, I enjoy improv comedy with a group of people when it's, uh, like when it's all good. You know, like UCB, those guys are, ass cast those shows are good. Um... I hate stand-up. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I like doing it. It's just really a lot of work, you know. But Mary fuck, kill, stand-up, sketch, improv. <laughs> Go. I'd marry improv. Okay. I'd oh, fuck stand-up. Oh, my God. And I would, I would stand up. kill the... What is the last one? I don't... I, I, the other one. <laughs> and I kill everyone. And then half, half a question. Sure. Uh, Joss Whedon has three movies coming out this year. Avengers, Much Ado About Nothing, and... Um, Cabin in movie. the Woods. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. Which, and, but he also, he's also which, involved... Which one are you most excited about? He's also involved with the Morgan Spurlock that's Comic-Con right, movie. Yeah, so, Comic-Con one. I mean, yeah. he didn't direct, but still, it's for... Yeah. Um, I, you know, I... I, I, I gotta go with the, uh, the I have to go with the big elephant. I'm excited about Avengers. It's just been seated for so long, yeah, too and too many things. Yeah. I just I just believe that if it had, if it had been pretty much anyone else, then I'd be like, eh, I don't know. But I'm just so excited to see what Joss is done with it. Uh, so yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited for all of them. I love Joss, uh, but I but I really am psyched about the Avengers. Yeah. I love Joss any- Whedon. I love Joss Whedon too, but I'm afraid it's going to be the the New Year's Eve or Valentine's Day of superhero <laughs> movies. <laughs> well, yeah. There, if there's one thing we learned from Spider-Man Three, is that throwing way too many characters into a, a comic book movie. It's, it's too much. It's too much. It's no, 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 no. But but all the characters have. I mean, basically they're united. You know, it's not like there's not like there's five different storylines. Oh, so it's like friends? No. <laughs> there are six <laughs> It's, it's like, like Hulk always stuck, stuck in second, second gear. gear. How great! How great would it be if all the superheroes in their costumes were dancing around in a fountain? In a fountain. <laughs> 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 Call Andrew Steele. 
And then David Schwimmer was like, you know, the Hulk was really not open to suggestions for writing. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> Bringing it all back. Schwimmer, right. Wimmer! I'll get, you. I'll get out of your hair. Hey, good Thanks to see you, man. Thank good you. Night. Uh, next, Kevin. Two show Steve. Hi, my name's Kevin. Kevin, who is it? Uh, I'm the one who sent you the Hello, Doctor Kevin. Who sketch cards. Oh, thank you for. You sent me the Doctor Who sketch cards, yes. Kevin Voith. Hey, very good. Fucking awesome. <laughs> this guy, I get these. I get the this thing in the mail at Nerd Melt, and it's these incredible, like baseball card size, gorgeous sketches, like really intense pencil sketches of all of the Doctors, yep. and they're amazing. And I said to you, like, I hope you're, fu- I hope you're, you know, you're getting paid to do this stuff. And you said, I remember you were, like, I think your letter said that you work at a hotel late at night, yep. overnight, and that's when you do, that's when you draw these things. Yep. But Kevin Voith, V-O-I-T-H, I remember you very well because you. your work is stunning. So, Thank you. fucking look this guy up. Thanks for your equipment. I'll see you later. <laughs> I... Actually. <laughs> yeah, what, do- what doctors? Is it from ER or General Hospital? Yep. <laughs> Chicago Tra- Hope does. Yeah, no. Say it's no Trapper John and then MASH, uh, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And St. Elsewhere. Uh, Autistic Child. It was all, his whole idea. And it was all in a snow globe. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler actual, alert. <laughs> my actual question is in regards to the, um, the, ner- the YouTube channel. Yes, sir. Um, I'm very excited about the whole, they're putting on some of the old Farscape. Yes. My question is, is... is do you have any plans on the webisodes that they've been talking about for years, the new ones? or? Um, I have no comment on okay. that at the present time. Um, no comments. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, it's about you know, time somebody asks a question that you don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Benson. Finally. Yeah. Finally, in for Jonah finally there's a decent reporter in the house who's, Doug, d- Doug. who's digging in. Doug Benson, you Roastmaster, you are the Lisa Lampanelli of the Nerdist Podcast. <laughs> she's in town tonight. Are you she's, serious? She's in Minneapolis tonight. Did yeah. I summon her? Oh my god! I'll do it. I may. I. You know, I, I have that. Uh, I have that spell capability. Summon the Lisa Lampanelli Atronach. Yeah. I think Queen of Mean. I think Doug's just acting as T.J. Miller to your podcast. It's possible. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. This, uh, guy, this guy knows this podcast. Yeah. He does. We should comedians. probably have him escorted from the building. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're doing these minisodes of like condensing classic Farscape, Farscape episodes, and we're trying to add some elements that are, you know, sort of like DVD extra elements, mm. you know, for fans of Farscape, and then we'll see where it goes. All right. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Kevin. Thank uh, we're really a pleasure to meet you in person. I love your work. Thank you so much for coming to the Nerdist Podcast. Thanks a lot, everybody. Matt Myra, Doug Benson, Chris Tim Meadows. It's Chris Hardaway. Yeah, me. I We're going to be out here at that table. Chris Chris so much for coming out. Good night, everyone. Enjoy your burrito. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But This story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, 
call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? Follow Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.